0: Welcome to WPC Smash, where wrestling and pop culture smash together. We are your hosts. I am Mike Moran. And I am Ian Wilson. We love wrestling. And you love wrestling. So let's smash the start button on today's podcast. All right, all right. WPC Smash. Is this episode like 1A? Sure. (laughs) Does it really matter?
1: No. (laughs) Absolutely I don't think that really matters anymore, for sure.
0: No, not at all. Welcome Uh, to the show. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you dug the new intro. We got a lot of stuff going on today. This is totally new for us. So, before we get too far into the main event, which I know everybody's excited for hearing what we have to say about Macho Man and Steamboat, WrestleMania 3, which was a huge match and all of our lives, as sad as that sounds, <laughs> it was a—it's a, a big-time match for anybody who's a wrestling fan. Let's start off with, dude, what made you happy lately?
1: Well, I'll let you know what made me happy. There's a few things. I mean, wrestling-wise, recently, what's really making me happy is uh, the Sasha Banks and Bailey storyline. I think it's the best storyline in the women division right now.
0: I thought that uh, the way uh bailey turned on sasha was awesome
1: yeah because it's been building up and that's why i say like i think it's the best uh women's storyline right now because it's been building slow build slow build but then that payoff like when when you know bailey just ran in and just started beating the crap and showing this aggression side of bailey i loved it
0: i'm not you know totally convinced that it's not the best you know, segment or whatever you, you know, program going sure. on in wrestling in general right now. Um, I didn't that's expect true. it, I didn't expect it then. You know, it's kind of a weird spot just to, for it to happen, not yeah. at a pay per view or not at in a big significant match, just like a, a raw match. Yep. It was, uh, I it totally totally caught me by surprise, and I think that's why I loved it.
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, that's what made me happy about it. It was unexpected, but it was awesome because I think deep down we all kind of wanted it. We want to see it. I'm not necessarily saying Bailey's a heel, but, you know, enough was enough, and and she she was hit to her limit.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome, man. What else made you happy lately?
1: Uh, Well, one thing that definitely made me happy was Hot Topic decided to bring the release date for the Young Buck exclusive two-pack Funko Pop. Now, they were supposed to release in August... But uh, like out of nowhere, I saw the Young Bucks tweet about it like, Hey, in two days, go to your local Hot Topic because they're coming out now. So after uh, a little mall hopping, I finally found some. And what can I say? They're too sweet. That's kind of
0: weird that they would change a date like that. Yeah. Super weird. Do you know why?
1: No, because also, in the, like I said, that's a Hot Topic exclusive. exclusive. So it's a um, variant. And in August, we're going to get the original Young Buck color, if you will, and a Kenny Omega and a Cody Rhodes. But that's still in August, so I don't know who made the decision or why the decision was made for Hot Topic, but hey, I'm digging it. Right on, man. Yeah, man. Anything uh, making you happy lately?
0: Yeah, I got I got a few things. Uh, right off the bat, I'm going to say YouTube TV. I subscribe to that, and that shit makes me happy. Man, I'm saving a ton of money from DirecTV. Like that DirecTV bill that I was having, I got more channels. Sweet, everything about it's great. Like I'm, I'm watching it, and uh, you know, live TV. We get NESN around here, which is huge for us. Uh, NBCSN. I mean, I can watch all my games again and yeah, not pay vocal, ridiculous vocal sports money. channels. Yeah, unbelievable, dude. So, I mean, YouTube TV's totally making me happy lately. Um, on, on the other. You know spectrum of things as far as like collectible figures i'm big into hero clicks and for me Mm -hmm. uh the batman animated series was announced and that was a huge show for me growing up not as cool as the x-men but right up in (laughs) that level and um i'm super stoked to see all my favorite characters get brought into hero clicks i've seen a few previews and some of the characters look super strong and a lot of cool you know superpowers and traits and stuff like that so i was stoked to see the batman animated series brought to life in hero clicks another thing that's been making me happy lately and i'll shout this out to uh pipster 2k1 is uh we've been getting a pathfinder newsletter we got a weird um in between time of our uh you know dungeons and dragons pathfinder game and uh Our Dungeon Master, you know, Pipster2k1 has been uh, sending out this super sweet newsletter, So we get to do these little side missions and stuff like that. And I'm having a blast doing that, you know, picking up a little extra coin here and there. And uh, just expanding the world of Pathfinder. And, man, that's that's really been making me happy lately.
1: That's true, man. It made me happy too. And it gets me a little bit more into it. It, I get a better understanding. I have more time to, like read about the weapons in the shops because those are in the newsletter too we can pretty much digitally shop if you will i mean we we have time to see what's in the shops and do our homework on them rather than to paint the picture when we're there at game night like oh man we gotta look it up real quick we're at the shop now you know we have to ask our gm but and kudos again to pipster because he's always on the other end of that phone when i do ask a question like hey this uh arrow i'm interested in it but you know, is it 20 arrows? Is it a quiver? Or is it just one badass arrow? And boom, you know, he always gets back to you. And I love it. Yeah, dude. Dungeon Master. He's the man. Shout out to
0: Pipster. I'm sure everybody out there appreciates their Dungeon Master. <laughs> um, and lastly, wrestling-wise, uh, yeah, and I guess pop culture-wise at the same time, I'm stoked to get the podcast running again. It's been a little while since we put out a, an episode. And uh, it makes me happy to sit here with you and, and shoot the shit about some wrestling, you know? So... That's that's what's making me happy lately, you know? Hell
1: yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. What time? It's time! Oh it's time,
0: baby!
1: What time is it? Tell me what time! Driving. The main event! Reigning Intercontinental
0: Champion Randy Macho Man Savage took things too far in his title defense against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He can't
1: breathe, look at that, he
0: can't breathe! Mm, yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage, Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, was in a state of shock when Ricky the Dragon Steamboat came back. Steamboat returning to the
1: The largest audience in the world. I will not only embarrass you, not only pin you with the one, two, three count,
0: but I'm gonna put you out for good. The day has finally come. We have reached our moment. We clash like two titans, but there will only be one winner. All right, man. This is the main event. And this is a match that I picked, and I've been saving it for a long time. This is probably my favorite wrestling match of all time. And it's it's hard to pick, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. But this is... Yeah, whenever anybody asks me what's my favorite match of all time, this is easily, you know, my go-to. Sometimes, depending on who I'm talking to, it might change a little bit. You know, it might be a little Bret Hart-Owen WrestleMania 10 action. Yep. It might be... Um, you know, Stone Cold and Bret Hart. And you could tell when I grew up because Bret Hart's included in a lot of these, even though he was kind of a dick to me that one time. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, but, you know, I met him another time and he was pretty cool. So I guess I just caught him on a bad time. <laughs> but um, you, you had know, a bad day. <laughs> absolutely, man. So WrestleMania three. Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the Intercontinental Championship. Is there anything before we really get into detail of the match that kind of, like, sticks out to you about this? Something that you, if we weren't about to talk about it and didn't just watch it, that you, like, remember?
1: Just, it's the signature look of the Pontiac Silverdome. There's, like, 93,000 people. And and we know most of the time when you think WrestleMania 3 you're thinking Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. Sure. But for me, it's either... I don't know spoiler alert most of us have seen the match anyway you know ricky holding that strap at the end yeah or macho man doing his pose on the top rope like that's what always stuck out to me even as a little kid you know i'd go on the corner of the couch stick my hand straight up like oh yeah it's coming down yeah
0: it seems bigger than life in the silver dome and that's probably what adds to the aura of the match and the whole show in general we get gorilla monsoon and jesse ventura on commentary which isn't um, my favorite duo, but I love him for this match. You know, Jesse Ventura, I always liked him. His smart aleck, uh, heel persona.
1: I love him, dude. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I always like. <laughs> Most him. of my
1: notes are from stuff he's saying.
0: <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon, classic, you know, play-by-play guy from, mm-hmm. from our childhood. You know what I mean? And you spend so many years listening to Michael Cole and, you know, Jerry the King Lawler yep. that you kind of forget about these guys until you go back in time and listen to a match like this. But it was great to hear them on the mic. All right, so let's paint a little picture of the Pontiac Silverdome. We're getting those... <laughs> exactly. We're getting those super sweet entrances on the little mini ring. I know everybody remembers that. I wanted one. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> everybody wanted to cruise to school in a mini ring after that. You know what I mean? I I remember going to one of my dad's friends and watching this on a black box. Like, nice. this, was, this was a big deal to see this pay-per-view. And to see this match. Um, So, for me, the way the whole thing starts with Macho Man, you know, playing the heel persona, telling uh, Miss Elizabeth where to stand around the ring, telling her when to get out. um, And he probably spends five minutes, you know, jumping in and out of the ring, pushing her to different spots, Mm -hmm. trying to keep her away from... um, The animal the animal yeah george the The animal i was the green tongue man (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um i thought it really like set the tone for who's the bad guy and who's the good guy and i think we all knew that ricky the dragon steamboat was a good guy
1: he's america's sweetheart at this point
0: if you had never seen wrestling before you certainly
1: did not like macho man just by the way he started this match right i even noticed that because when they got into the ring Elizabeth held the rope for him, and he didn't even bat an eye at her and, like, return the favor and pull up the rope. He just was like, yup, and then did his little turnaround. Like, I'm the champ. Thanks for – no thank you. Like, didn't even thank her for holding the damn rope. Definitely playing that heel. I loved it. Um, That's Macho Man at the time.
0: Every match, in my opinion, not every match, but most matches need a great heel and a great and a great face, you know, a good villain and a superhero. Mm-hmm. And we got that in this match, no questions asked. Um right off the bat it started, you know, crisp and stiff. It was fast, but not too fast. You know, it was old school wrestling at its finest. But from what we get now, everything's so quick. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah. Like move, move, move. Um, no wrest holds, no, Not too much, you know, chain wrestling, but this was the first time where we really saw everything
1: speed up, in my opinion. Right. Especially for the time. Absolutely. And let's just say, I know you're thinking it too, those sweet arm drags. Patented
0: arm drags from Ricky the
1: Dragon Steamboat to Macho Man. I mean, they don't get
0: any prettier than that. People have been emulating him ever since he started doing those arm drags and nobody does them sweeter. Mm -hmm. That is for sure um macho man took control for the first few minutes you know really laying it on thick and you know letting us know that he's the bad guy he's strong and and he's taking control of the match i think in a weird way a lot of people wanted macho man to retain the title just because you've grown to love his work and his persona and i don't know as a child if i felt this way but every, you know, I don't really remember the match from that long. I remember the scenario, right, right. You know what I mean, and where I was, where I was, and I can remember that guy's apartment, but I couldn't tell you his name, <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. or anything like that. But um, it was exactly what I want in a good wrestling match for the heel to establish and really put the babyface on his heels, man. You know, and and set him back a little bit and put him in his place and have him. Fight back for the
1: rest of the match, and I really felt like that's how it started. Most definitely, and in at the beginning of the of the fight back of, of Ricky Steamboat, like getting some momentum back, he does this classic, iconic picture now. But I'm just saying, like like you were saying, as a kid, I maybe didn't understand what I was watching when I was watching it. Yeah. But now rewatching this, which I have multiple times, but like rewatching it for the sake of this episode, when he's holding Macho Man by the throat. Yep. I'm like, a light bulb just hit. I'm like, duh. Because, you know, Macho Man crushed his throat with the ring bell back in Boston. Absolutely. I was like, damn. Like, I never, ever thought of that. And now I know why, like, that just, like, because Ricky Steamboat wouldn't do that. Come on. Absolutely not. But he's so fired up. Exactly. And, you know, I just needed to point that part out. And then, like you said, that was when Ricky started to get a little bit of a comeback going. But in true heel persona, Macho Man would just, like, snake out of the ring and, like, You know, look at the fans, grab the barrier and just look at them until George Steele will kind of walk over and he'd be like, oh, enough of you and go back in the ring. Yeah, he
0: messed around with Elizabeth a little bit more. Go come back over here. This type of stuff. Yeah. There was a short series of quick covers back and forth where they really sped things up. And I think when I watch this match now and I've watched it many times in the recent past, Mm -hmm. but but I'm like, oh, man, like they're not really false finishes because they're all kicking out on one type deal but everything super quick and super crisp and no other matches like that you're not going to see Hulk Hogan do that or any of the other big names at that time for me it was small guy wrestling even though neither one of them were super small guys, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm six feet and 175 pounds, and and these guys are probably not. Besides weight, you know, muscle mass and steroids, <laughs> you know, they're not much bigger Getting than the me. Juice, you know, you know what I mean. Um, I couldn't tell you how tall Macho Man was, but I assume he's not much bigger than six one. You know what I mean. So these are normal size guys doing normal right. size guy moves. Like this is stuff that I I could picture myself doing when I pictured myself carrying around the WWE Championship and in Madison Square Garden. Like that's the kind of wrestler I would be. I'm never gonna be a Hulk Hogan. But I could be a macho man. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, that's probably a bad <laughs>
1: analogy, <laughs> but
0: but I could be that size and do those could be the of dragon. Moves. Sure. There yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, even that's pushing it. Um, I even noticed when you say on those kickouts, if you take a look back, the kickouts back then were way different too because he would – I noticed when Macho did it, like his legs would go way up in the air and you could see he would use all his upper body strength to like push the dragon right off of him. Yep. It's not like now – when you get a false finish, like the ref, if you, once you get to two, he, like crumbles and it's like, oh my god, it was a, it was a two. It was, I promise, it was a two. He like, really kicked out. I think that's where yeah. the term
0: came from. <laughs> you know, they really kicked out, and now you kind of get the the roll and like kind of yeah. roll that back shoulder move, just off move the one mat. Shoulder, right? Absolutely. Um. So that's great. You know. M- The next thing that really stuck out to me was uh, Macho Man threw Steamboat into the crowd. You didn't get a lot of that Mm -hmm. stuff back in the day. Certainly not in WWE. Guys weren't getting thrown into the crowd. This was kind of a big deal. And um, when Ricky finally got back into the ring, Macho Man threw him out again. And he crowned him, and mm-hmm. that's a patented Macho Man move. But in my opinion, that's a Ready to Rumble move right there, you know. And I don't even know if that's what Macho Man called it, but it's crowning him, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Uh, the Think Miz does that now. The, the double axe handle, handle yeah. yeah, you know. But it's crowning him. Crown him <laughs> king. I'm to <a> crown him. <laughs> and and I I love seeing that because he came off the top to the outside mm-hmm. again. Something you didn't see all the time in WWE, especially. Like I didn't really get a lot of other wrestling or really no other wrestling existed where we live in the Boston area and we got right. WWE. You know, I didn't until like really the Monday Night Wars, I didn't really even understand that there was other wrestling out there. I knew of The Nature Boy and stuff like that in the NWA Championship, but that's about it. It was kind right. of like, okay, there's more wrestling out there, but I've never seen it. And the Nature Boy is the man of that wrestling wherever it is and, right. what, and whatever they do. You know, I didn't really watch any old Nature Boy matches until I got a lot older. So it was a big deal to see these kind of moves that you don't see on um, you know, Saturday night's main event.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, I have a lot of those notes as well. Uh, a lot of innovations for the time, especially through the eyes of a child like we were watching this. You got... Macho Man tied up in the ropes, and then Ricky, the Steamboat, skins the cat. Yep. I thought that was sick. He wasn't in the ropes for too long, too. He popped right out of them, pretty
0: much. I I thought that was cool. That's like kind of a, a spot that they use to really tie a guy up for a while mm-hmm. but he went into it and then quickly got out of it you know he it was early in the match yep. and he wasn't tired enough to just lay in the ropes like a andre would or a big man would
1: but it was perfect to tell the story because like we were talking about the um commentary i really like the commentary on that part because ricky usually the cookie cutter babyface face Took advantage of the tied up match man. He was punching him, you know. Yep. And um, he was bad, man. Yeah, yeah. They, they it, made they played the
0: story, then, the ring bell to the throat. It, that was a big deal. It was. And it, even, and that
1: that wasn't even seen before.
0: Yeah, even you know? though he was a baby face, he was up to. It was a grudge
1: match. It was for the title, but it was certainly Mm -hmm. a grudge match. And you have Ventura sitting there saying, look at Monsoon. He should be disqualified. Macho Man's tied in the ropes. Get him away. Hebner, start counting. Start counting.
0: Yep. And speaking of Hebner, I mean, there were a lot of pinfalls. And I thought Hebner worked all the counts perfectly. Mm -hmm. Every three count was exactly the same speed. Hebner dove in the same way every time. Nothing was um, given away by the way the ref handled his job. Right. He did his job the same exact way for both guys, and they were real false finishes because Hebner didn't change anything. Right. A lot of that stuff can be read these days. Like, I mean, I could tell you when they're about to go to a commercial break, and it's disgusting. Oh, yeah. You know On how, cue. how how obvious it is. Yep. And that stuff did not happen back then. The the referee did exactly what he's supposed to do. His job's simple to be seen, but not be seen at the same time. And I think, you know, this is Hebner at his prime for sure. Um, Every move was super basic, but it really meant something in my opinion. Like you said, um, Ricky the Dragon holding up Macho Man by the throat. Super basic move. Two hands on the throat, picking the guy up in the air. But that meant something because he was so upset that he had been put out of, you know, competition by by a throat shot. That he was going to grab Macho Man by the throat and try to put him out of commission the same way. Yep. So that's what I mean by you know moves being basic but meaning something. And that's just one example. There were um, the crowd was rolling with every one of the pinfalls, mm-hmm. and I, you know, like we just said, that has a lot to do with how the ref handles his business, the way they kick out with authority. I thought all that stuff was perfect, and I'm sure that they use this match when they're training young wrestlers. Because everything is so on point and perfect. Yep. It's not... Of course, nobody ever has a perfect match. And I'm sure if you ask Macho Man, you know, out of his 23 pages when he wrote out this match with yep. Ricky the Dragon, that something in there wasn't perfect. Right. But to me, everything looks perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, the crowd, really looking good. They're loud. They're excited. There's 93,000 people in there. Yeah. And... You can hear 93,000 people go, oh, and all that stuff because they believe every bit of what they're seeing. Um, Hebner gets bumped and goes down, kind of a big spot in the match. That was when uh, Macho Man hit the beautiful top rope elbow. Yes. As only Macho Man can. And there's a few guys out there doing them now. And to be honest, there's a couple people that I like the way they do it. But Macho Man was always the first. It always looked good. It was always halfway across the ring. That's the bar
1: now. Like when when someone throws an elbow drop, you're comparing it to Macho Man.
0: Yep. And I bet the Macho Man considered that, you know, his creme de la creme to wrestling. You know, like this is the marquee
1: left on wrestling. Yep. Also, this is what everybody's going
0: to be doing for years to come. And nobody does it prettier, in my opinion. There's people who are up there, but nobody Mm -hmm. does it better. Yep. Macho Man, at that point, he's covering him, laying on him. Hebner's still knocked down. And that's when things start to really, you know, take a turn, get heelish. Um, Macho Man, you know, shakes Hebner a little bit, trying to get him up. He realizes he's not getting up. And that's uh, when Macho Man jumped out and grabbed the ring bell. And like you mentioned earlier, huge significance with a ring bell between these two gentlemen. Yep. There was... A lot of, you know, nervousness, I think, on my part, even now when I'm watching the match, when I already know what's going to (laughs) happen. But by everybody in the crowd, because of how significant the ring bell is to these two guys. Um, Steamboat and the ring bell kicked off this whole feud. It would have never went anywhere of significance if they didn't get so serious with that ring bell. And like you said, I'm not sure, but, you know, this is the first time I ever remember a ring bell being used. Right. Like that. Absolutely. I mean, I think the second time, you know, um, Bret Hart used it with um, somebody. Was it Stone Cold? It was somebody. But anyway, they. I in think one it was. Of our,
1: in one of our recent episodes, yeah, we were going over it, and the ring bell was a big part of it. And yep. it, it was in that WrestleMania 13 match with Stone Cold, for sure.
0: And I think that, you know, those two matches are the most significant you know spots with a ring bell that I've ever seen. Unless you want to count the screw job, where the <laughs> ring bell was pretty pretty important in that match. Yeah. Um. georgie Animal Steel interferes at this time and pushes Macho Man off the top rope. He's yeah. gonna jump off with the ring bell under his arm and do the elbow drop. Um. It, which was still something we never seen. Like every, you're watching and you're like, oh my god, he could kill him by doing that. You know. Right. And that was that was super cool and and important. I knew the Animal steel like, had to do something because he really, like, was out there for no reason. I'm glad you
1: said that because he clearly wasn't going to do a run-in from that huge entrance ramp. Yeah. And And I was thinking the same thing. And I I got it that it made sense with the storyline because I think he saved Elizabeth one time when she got hurt. Okay. So... He might have been keeping an eye on Elizabeth, but you know the macho man doesn't like that. No, only, only <laughs> no macho one looks man. At Elizabeth, you. Yeah. That's true. That's what
0: we hear, and uh, you know, so that was a big deal. This is when he got involved. I didn't know that the backstory on George the Animal Steel until you just said it like that. You know, mm-hmm. how, saving Elizabeth at one point. So um, yeah. that was that makes a lot more sense to no me. No one.
1: She's not safe around Macho. That was actually helping Macho Man's heel persona because not even his wife or his girl or his valet, whatever she was at the time, is safe around her. So that's kind of why George Steele was there too.
0: Yeah. and I mean, him pushing Macho Man off the top rope basically sets up one of the simplest, easiest finishes in wrestling. (laughs) Yep, The quick roll up in the middle of the ring. Again, Hebner doesn't rush the count. He looks dazed and groggy and confused, and if anything, it's a little bit slower of a count than he was doing the rest of the match. But bam, uh, Ricky the Dragon rolls up Macho Man for the three count and becomes the new Intercontinental Champion. And I just want to point out that back then, championships weren't tossed around. So this was a huge deal for Steamboat to win this title the Intercontinental title was has always, you know, I think right around this time became the working man's title. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the boys really wanted to have this title. Everybody wants to be the champ, but if you're not going to be the champ, you want to be the Intercontinental champ because everybody knows you're the man as far as wrestling goes. Everyone in the match played their part perfectly. Um, in my opinion, this match is legendary and everybody knows legends never die. And at... Uh, you know, that's why I picked this match, man. I, I, I've, I could watch it a million times. It's simple. Sure. It's to the point. And if I'm going to show somebody, you know, who doesn't – who maybe has seen wrestling and they've seen, you know, people go off the top of their cell and stuff like that, you might show them a match like that first to, like, really get people like, oh, my God, like, this is what happens in wrestling. Yeah. But that's, somebody who, like – Wrestling's
1: underst- not fake.
0: Yeah, somebody who <laughs> understands a little more of what's going on with wrestling – I'm going to show them this because then they're going to be like, oh, okay, like I was invested. I, you know, fell for the false finishes. I thought Macho Man was going to jump off with the ring bell and put Ricky out of commission again. Everything worked perfectly, and I I love this match, and that's why I picked it, man.
1: I'm totally glad you picked it. And like you said, everything, and I'm going to say it again, the commentary, I really... Like the commentary team on this match, like what? everything you were saying about the match and how everything made sense, definitely is a great point as far as the wrestling aspect goes. Like one of the maneuvers that I wanted to point out was when Macho Man uh, went looked like he was gonna throw Ricky over the top rope, but Macho Man jumped the top rope and hung him up on the rope uh, like a clothesline. They're like, yep. "Oh, what a clothesline! I've never seen that before." Yeah, but again, it made sense because yeah. he was attacking that throat. It was great, dude. I know you said that you uh, had a
0: couple things in commentary. Is there anything that I brushed over that you really, like, stuck out to you with Jesse the body? Oh,
1: yeah. I got a few. Okay. Um, well, first off, I just miss how, in general, they would call the championship the strap. Yes. Or the belt.
0: I call it the strap, do you, I think you I do. do, too. Yeah, yeah I but think... I
1: think nowadays, it's like on a Vince McMahon, don't say this list. Like, you have to call the championship the championship. Yeah. You can't say, like... This one's for the strap tonight. Like, yep. I just miss that. That just brings me back, you know. And then just some classic lines from uh, Jesse Ventura, you know. You've gotta wake up pretty early in the morning to outsmart the Matro Man monsoon. That's that, one, true. that one had me going. That is and true. And then at the very end of the match, I think he said it like six times. This is a miscarriage of justice monsoon. <laughs> I, I loved it. And then honestly, too, Ricky Steamboat's entrance jams, like, when he won the match, like that was a epic, like it made the climax of the match and like or the climax of the whole presentation of that match from start to finish and even how they showed you know him holding the belt going on the little ramp cart whatever you want to call it but yeah. then how they also showed macho man with his head down and yep. elizabeth with her hand on his shoulder like it's okay Yeah, the whole thing epic, and I'm glad you picked that match. It looked like everything meant something. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, Ricky the Dragon. You you could see in Steamboat's eyes that this was like the moment of his life. Besides maybe getting married and having kids, like he looked at the belt. That's what he's in it for. You know, he held it up. It was very you know Shawn Michaels on his knees, you know, staring at the title type deal, telling Bret Hart to get the f out of the ring. (laughs) (laughs) It it was that kind of moment where. you know it makes these guys makes you realize that how much that they love what they do and that they put their body on the lines for us to love what they do and I, i'm super into it man and i'm excited to hear what you picked for next week's main event because i think that about wraps up what we got for macho man and steamboat wrestlemania 3 for
1: sure uh first of all I hope you guys like this match. I hope everyone watched it, you know, and and like what we had to say about the episode. Um, get in on the discussion, you know, hashtagging on Twitter, WPC main event. We want to hear, you know, what you guys think about this match. Absolutely. And, uh, and as far as next time goes, I'm picking the last WWE match that Dave Meltzer. Gave a five-star rating to, and I'm not talking NXT because he likes to hand them out to those boys in NXT. He hands them out these days, but not to the guys on the main roster. Not to WWE. So we're going to go to the main event of Money in the Bank 2011, CM Punk. On his last night in the company versus John Cena for Ooh. the WWE Championship.
0: In Chicago. In Chicago. That was a volatile crowd, man. And I'm excited to watch that match and go over it with you, man. Whew. That's exciting, man. That gives me chills. Like Just thinking about that match and everything that happened, that's a significant point in wrestling history. A, a big significant point in wrestling yeah, history. I've been
1: holding on to that one, too. Um, can't wait to... Get into that one next time. Kicking
0: it off with some big ones right off the bat. <laughs> Episode 1A and, and 2A. <laughs> like, holy cow, man. All right. So, you know, one last time it's two, 2011, Money in the Bank, the main event in Chicago, CM Punk versus John Cena. And just small background that's basically when CM Punk was threatening to walk out with the title. So, check it out on the network. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know, you know, what you think about it. What you think we should talk about? If there's anything that you know you think we should definitely lay into, as far as um, backstory with that match, because there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just stay in touch with us and and let, keep involved because we like to see what you guys have to think.
1: is the WPC Brainbuster? Buster. Let's meet today's contestants. An x men collecting father of two, whose wrestling knowledge is so great. May the force be with you. The Commissioner, Ian. From the age of six, he's been saving princesses from casuals. This here is a grown man in spandex. This is Mikey.
0: All right, Mike Moran, the Schwab of wrestling. I have a, a little bit of a brain buster here, and this one I might, you know, I kind of think that you're going to get this one, but it's a little tricky. Oof, so I think oof. that, uh, you know, you might you might fumble this one a little bit. So um, here we go. Yeah, man, I'll jump I right n- into enjoy it.
1: enjoy a challenge.
0: How many times... Did the Macho Man win the WWF title and the Intercontinental title combined in his career with WWF? So, again, it's the WWF title and the Intercontinental Mm. title Mm. combined. The two main singles titles. We all know, you know, that he won a, you know, tag team straps with Hulk Hogan. And that was kind of a big deal, you know, later on in the years. But I'm talking about Macho Man by himself. Singles championships The big dog title, not the WCW trash that was handed to him because he made a lot of money. I'm talking about he earned these titles, and he was the man at the top of his game at this time. So uh, how many times did uh, Macho Man Randy Savage win both the WWF title and the Intercontinental title combined? Go ahead, man. Think it out. Talk it out a little bit in your head.
1: Uh, that's what I've been doing during yeah. your stellar. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was my time wasting, yeah. trying to give you some time to figure what it what out. That's what I was doing. But, oh, man, this one is a tough one because I picture so many pictures going through my head of him holding the bell. Yeah. And what attires he's in and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Oh, he
0: held them for a while. But how yeah. many times did he hold them? That's for sure.
1: Combined, I'm just going to throw a number out there, three dude, it is three. You I just threw that win. out there. Yeah, well, I was thinking the whole time. All and right, I'm talk like, it out right. in your
0: head. You know, let me know what this brought is, you to that.
1: This is what I think. Yep. And I could be wrong, but hey, let's just, for the record, I got the Brain Buster right. You did. <laughs> so it was three. It was kay.
0: three. And I, for sure, without looking and knowing, I would have thought it was a lot more, to be honest. Right.
1: But like but I, said I knew before, he held them for a long time and stuff. He but, did, he did, and but, they didn't
0: toss titles around back right. then, so it makes sense that it wouldn't be a lot. But I would have thought it was more than three. Go ahead, so man. What I Talk was me thinking
1: it. is two intercontinental reigns and one world title reign. It's actually the opposite. Wow. Okay.
0: Two WWF title reigns and
1: one intercontinental title reign.
0: He had Damn, that, that. was s- a long
1: intercontinental title it reign. It was,
0: man. and that's why he. I mean, he was the man for a long time carrying around that strap, and I think he kind of changed the bar a little bit for mm-hmm. where. Uh, and I don't want to say he's a small guy, but where a small-er guy could jump up to that heavyweight title reign and and give say um, Hulk Hogan a run at his money, um, and he had two WWF title reigns. And you know, um, I know the
1: big one. You know, of
0: course the tournament,
1: the tournament. Um, but yeah, well, either way, three it is, baby. It was
0: man, good job, buddy. I'll kicking too out of this one. I'll too sweet you to that kicking out of the brainbuster. Congratulations, brother, dude. I. I'm just, I uh, want to say one more time that I'm happy to get the podcast going again. Yeah. I enjoyed talking about the main event with you. It was um, my favorite part of doing the podcast before, and I'm glad that we're just like railing into these main events, as you might say, as the kids say. And um, yeah, dude. I, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. And plain and simple. Yeah. So, um, just to remind everybody, next week we're going to do the, um, or whenever it comes out, you know, we're going to do the um, 2011 Money in the Bank main event, CM Punk and John Cena. And it's a killer match. So, check it out. Hit us up uh...
1: at WPC Smash on Twitter. But we also got that hashtag going, WPC Main Event, if you want to strictly talk about those matches involved. But hey, either way, hit us up on Twitter talk to us about anything we don't really care tell us you got any funko pops that you just got any action figures any video games you've been playing we're here for you we love to talk to you guys and again thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time all right let's give the people a two sweet two
0: sweet <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at WPCSmash.
1: Or on our website, WPCSmash.WordPress.com, where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.